0: So this morning we are going to be talking about something that's probably made me cry for the last six months. Georgie, you made me cry this morning. Where is she? Oh my gosh, that little lady, 17 years old, and she is on fire for Jesus. She is doing great. So um I went over to see um six sixteen. Oh. But isn't it great, right? What other place in the world? what other place in the world you've got a 16 year old girl able to stand and declare her love for Jesus. You know what I mean? What an opportunity, isn't it? You think now, so you know, in 10 years time, 20 years time, 30 years time, and that goes for everywhere. You think of the young men and women in the media department who were serving in the youth, our youth, who were youth and now the youth leaders, you know, and isn't that just like Jesus? Because what we're speaking about today is meeting people where they're at. And you know what? I was, it kind of dawned on me. Actually, Carl prayed with me this morning. And I thought, wow, Lord, this isn't about us. None of this is about us. This is about other people. And if we, can, if we can just remind ourselves of that when we walk into any situation or if anything kind of come, whatever comes my way, I will trust you. You know, when that happens and it's actually not about us, and sometimes you forget or oh, i'm this and i'm that and i'm feeling this but actually let's get over i'm and let's look out to others because jesus always sends people and that's that's the message this morning i'm going to read to you from acts 3 1 to 13 I'm gonna read it together. It's a story that you all know, but I'm just gonna break it down because I got a list. I like my little lists. So Acts three, one to thirteen. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple when he saw peter and john about to enter he asked them for some money peter and john looked at him intently and peter said look at us the lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money but peter said i don't have any silver or gold for you but i'll give you what i have in the name of jesus christ the nazarene get up and walk then peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up and as he did the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened amen for you mark come on he jumped up stood on his feet and began to walk then walking leaping and praising god he went into the temple with them all the people saw him walking and heard him praising god when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate they were absolutely astounded They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this amen so there you go this is what the story is about today this is this is what we're chatting about today God always sends people 2,000 years ago he sent his son Jesus for us and he's still doing the same today God is sending people nothing's changed and have you ever noticed that you end up being in the right place at the right time to help someone Or have you ever noticed that someone's in the right place at the right time to help you? God always sends people. If you kind of look at that with with those eyes, the next time you're in that situation, you'll just start to see Jesus a wee bit differently. I said to you last week on the prayer request about my son Matthew. We were standing in a queue in the spa waiting um, to get served and it was a really long queue. And the, the young man behind the counter apologised and he said, look, I'm so sorry. We haven't got a staff member. We're down. He's just walked out. He's not coming back in. My son needs a job. Interview started two days later. That's how it goes. Now, I could have, we could have been annoyed because we were waiting in the queue or we could have take that as the blessing that was. Jesus put us in that queue at that time so my son could get a job. Amen. Where's Kay? Where's Kay Davis? Where is she? Where were? Oh, there she is. She's beautiful, isn't she? So she doesn't know I'm going to say this, but last week Kay had her boots on, and she thought to put an extra pair of shoes in a car because she thought she'd change out of her boots into a little flat shoes. Yeah. So she did. So came to church. Kay's in at half happy state every more every Sunday morning with Lynn, getting the teas and coffee ready with Russell as well. Every week they do that. They're amazing to make sure we have tea and coffee. Isn't that great? But there was those little shoes sat in the car. On the way to church Sunday morning, one of the other team members' shoes broke. And guess what? Kay had a pair of shoes in her car. Exactly the right size for that person in question. There you go. That was a blessing. God already prepared Kay to put the shoes in. Why was she going to put two pairs of shoes in the car? Don't know. She did. Somebody else was blessed with a brand new pair of shoes. That's how Jesus does it. A couple of weeks ago, um, it, how do I say this? Right. So, so S- Noel's stepdad is really quite poorly. E- he is quite poorly, and we had to take him to hospital and i i was in the middle of the week pastor dave said i could go and i took him to hospital and it's quite a traumatic thing to you know to somebody's going to be admitted into hospital they're quite scared noel's mum was with me as well and it's quite a worrying time you know but you know what jesus walked in that situation with us because it was the it was the Tuesday after the bank holiday and it was full. We thought that we had a GP referral, so we thought we could go straight into the Heath Hospital, and it was about 70 patients, all on a GP referral, because it was the bank holiday and it had spilled over. Do you know what? The nursing staff there they couldn't honestly. We we were just blessed. They saw that Noel's mum and stepdad were getting quite agitated and were getting quite upset. They took the card out, top of the queue when does that ever happen? He'll be seen next. They then gave him a private cubicle and he stayed there all day. I mean, we were there for hours and hours, but all of those people were sent to look after us in that situation. So much so when when he had to go for an x-ray and there there was two of us there, the nurse said, one of you stay here and keep the curtain shut because I don't want anyone to know there's nobody in. So we did. So I sat there with the bags, and enough. John and Joyce went for the, for the X-ray, and we were looked after. Even down to, and this is how Jesus does it. Even down to the man with the tea trolley. Now we were there seven hours. We were there all day, and around comes the tea trolley, and um, and I said, Would you like a cup of tea, John? And 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 Noel's mum wanted something as well. And I said to the guy, Is that okay? Um, and he said, Well, it's really for patients only. But do you want a sandwich as well? <laughs> And then, so I, he said, I've got this, 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 or this. We even had a selection, you know? And then, so I went back to check, and John didn't actually want a sandwich. He wasn't particularly hungry. And then, so the the kindness of people, the man said, oh, give him some ice cream. And, you know, and it just makes me weep because Jesus is so interested in all of our lives that he'll say, you know, even in a really difficult situation, he will bless you. He will send people alongside you or you will be that person like Kay was that person last week. But he will send people alongside you just to say, do you know what? We'll walk through this storm together. Amen. That's how he does it that is how he does it and when we look at that story of Peter and John and the lame guy he sent them he sent them to help help that lame man and you know what God will never ask you to use what you haven't got to help others even if you don't know you've got it Because sometimes you don't think you've got it. There's a story. I haven't given you the scripture for this, Marcia, but I'm just going to read it to you really quickly. And again, it's another one we know. Two kings, four, about Elisha and the widow. One day, the widow of one of Elisha's fellow prophets came to Elisha and cried to him, my husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha said tell me what do you have in your house? Nothing except a flask of oil. And then Elisha said, borrow as many jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and listen, shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting the jars aside so they are filled. And guess what church, she did as she was told. That's where it says. So she did as she was told her sons brought many jars to her and she filled one after another soon every container was full to the brim bring me another jar she said to one of her sons there aren't any more and then the oil stopped flowing and then the man of god now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and there'll be enough money left over to support you and your sons so do you know what sometimes we think we haven't got anything that can help other people but like we've just sung, lord whatever comes my way i will trust you Yeah, so sometimes we've got to just take that step of faith and just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to help that person or I'm going to do what I can, but I haven't got anything. It's just me. You take that step and then he provides. Amen? There you go. So let's look at this story again. And I've written because I do watch TV, not a lot. I normally fall asleep to TV. It's kind of like a dummy, a soother for me. But um, location, 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 I've written down. And um, let's look at Acts 3. Let's look at the story from the beginning and break it down. So it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, so he could beg from the people. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Now I read that and I read that and I read that and then I got it. Peter and John hadn't even gone into the temple. The lame guy was outside and they helped them where he was at. Peter and John helped the lame man outside. We don't need to wait until people come to church and then help them. We are the church, we're the people. This is a building, this is a facility. So we have to go outside where the people are. Yeah, practical, very, very practical. I looked then, I thought, right, okay, let me do a little bit of a case study on this. And I had a look at Jesus's life, simply flicked open my Bible, started at Matthew, and I've got a roll call, I quite like this. So I looked at Jesus's life. His miracles were not contained in four walls. He didn't contain his miracles to the temple or to the church or to a holy place. Jesus met people where they were at, outside. Amen. So his birth was in a stable. His baptism was in a river. His temptation was in the wilderness. He healed a man with leprosy as he was coming down a mountain. In Capernaum, there was crowds everywhere. It was messy, it was smelly, it was noisy. He healed the Roman soldier's servant. The servant wasn't even there. The servant was somewhere else. At Peter's house, he healed his mother-in-law. He calmed the storm from a boat. He healed the woman with an issue of blood in the middle of the street. He healed Jairus's daughter in her own home. He fed 5,000 people in the middle of nowhere. It says in the Bible he was in a desolate place. Um, he climbed a hill. This is Matthew 15, 29. It says he climbed a hill, sat down, and healed everyone. That's what It says he climbed a hill he sat down he healed everyone do you know what church he died on a rubbish tip and then he rose again in a borrowed tomb that's where jesus did his miracles and look Jesus didn't check if people were saved before he healed them. (laughs) Jesus didn't check their morality. He didn't check if they were thieves or adulterers. He didn't check to see how many times they'd been to church or if they'd received communion that morning. He didn't care. (laughs) Jesus just loved people. And he saw their pain. He saw their suffering. And he wanted to help them where they were at. Amen? That's what he did. So, we're the church. We can help people wherever we are. It's not usually in here, although the shoes were brilliant. That was brilliant on Sunday morning. Pair of shoes. Somebody needs shoes. I've got them. That's how, it, that's how Jesus does it. Really, really practical. There was a young girl um, really recently, and for one reason or another, she um, is due a baby next month, and she is on her own. Not her fault. And Jesus told me, he said, you look after her. And I thought, okay, am I going to do that? She doesn't know me. She's going to think I'm a bit strange, you know. But again, God sets it all up. He sets up the circumstance. And I send a little message, how are you? This is not me being great now. This is Jesus doing what he wants to do and just using us as a tool, yeah. So I knew what I needed to do. And I knew she was going to, I'm like, oh, Lord, what are you asking me to do here, you know? So I get hold of her, and I arrange to meet her for a coffee, which we did. And then the words just come out of my mouth, without even thinking. I said, I really want to throw you a baby shower. And she looked at me, and she's just, she was absolutely buzzing. This girl is 17 years old. She is on her own, not her fault. So... I rallied the troops and this is where God always provides because I can give you really good lists I can I can give you itineraries and they can be on but I can't do pretty I'm just not that kind of girl you know I can organize you if you want to be organized I'm your girl if you want me to make you flowery I am not your girl first person I phoned was our Lara Lara I need your help Lara decorates with Karen and the other girls they decorate uh, for girls connecting you know, all that beautiful bunting that you see the table plans the little everything down to the fine detail jars we have jars lots of jars down to the finest detail that's what's in those girls hearts to bless other women with what they have that is what they do i phone lara lara i've all organizing a baby shower and i need you to do pretty for me because i can't do that yes she says And then I speak to some of the other girls, I speak to Joss there this morning, and I speak to uh, Karen and Caroline, and all of the other girls say, girls, I need your help, we're gonna do this. We're gonna bless this young woman and show her actually Jesus loves her so much that this little baby is planned before the beginning of time. And it doesn't matter what circumstance or situation that you are in, Jesus loves you already. So that's what we did. And here's the thing. So she came and she brought her mum, and she brought a friend with her and we blessed her. And you know what really blessed me is God provided. So all of the, I just sent a text out to the girls that I had on my phone. That's all I did. So apologies if I missed you out. It was just the numbers I had on my phone. And even the girls that weren't able to be there that night joined in. And this girl went home with a car full of gifts for this precious little baby. But here's the deal, right? And this is when you know that Jesus is doing his thing. Her mum came, and she said to me, ooh, do you know Richard? And I'm like, I don't know anyone called Richard. Oh, yes, yes, his mum works up in the Salvation Army, and and he's got a brother called Russell. I'm like, Richard, ditch! (laughs) So, yeah, because here's the thing. This young lady's mum, she said, oh, I gave my life to Jesus in King's Church. Is Ray Bevan still there? Two of my sons were dedicated here. And I'm like, who would know? Who would know that, that Jesus is knocking on not only this young mum's door, but knocking on the door of the mum to say, remember me? I haven't forgotten you. I love you so much. Look what we're providing for your daughter and your little granddaughter. I still love you. Please don't forget about me. And that absolutely, (laughs) when the door shut and when she went home then, I looked at the girls and I said, can I cry now? And they said, yes. But you know, and that's how much Jesus cares for all of us, that he just said, on that occasion, he sent us, he sent the troops in, go on girls, go and sort it out. But how beautiful that he could trust us with that situation of that young lady, with her little baby that she had no provision for, and say, there you go, you're loved, you're cherished, You're precious, this little baby I knew about before the beginning of time, and she is going to be so loved. It's beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely beautiful. So, that's that's where we are. Sometimes we need to take our eyes off the problem, and just look to Jesus. You know, I mean, there's a problem there for that young lady with the baby, but because I'm pregnant, I'm on my own. What am I going to do, Jesus? walks in to the situation amen and he did it if we look back at the story um, in acts then we move on to acts 4 and the lame guy was was asking peter and john for help and peter and john looked at him intently and peter said look at us and the lame man looked at them eagerly now in the busyness so people come in and go in and out of the temple you can imagine you know thousands of people coming in and out of that temple and they stopped and said to the lame guy, look at us. It's kind of random, isn't it? You know, it's just look at us. And for you to look at somebody, it actually takes you a moment to stop. You have to kind of and look at somebody. So maybe there's a moment in time that you just need to take that time. But look now, Peter told, was, was purposeful when he told the guy to look at them. Because what the guy didn't do then, he wasn't looking at Peter and John's hands, what they could get, and he also wasn't looking at his own problem, he wasn't looking at the fact that his leg was bad, that he couldn't walk, that he was lame, he actually had to take his eyes off the physical problem and look at Peter and John. Amen. And sometimes we need to do that. We just, Lord, whatever comes my way, I will trust you. Who would know? Because you switched that around. That wasn't even that song, was it? So, you know, sometimes I just take just, it's so busy. And as Karen said as well in the prayer request, this, everything comes just to, to overcrowd you, the circumstances and situations. And sometimes you need to go, stop. Look at me, says Jesus. And you know what, church? He is far bigger than any problem, than any situation, than anything that can come in our way, he. But sometimes we just need to stop. You know, take a seal, it says that in the Psalms, doesn't it? It's like pause and think. Take a minute, just have a word with yourself. (laughs) Just take that minute and look at him. But the beggar, he thought that he was going to receive money. And sometimes the answer to your problem comes in a way that you don't think. You know, he thought he was just going to have some money, but actually that wouldn't fix the problem. That would have been a short-term fix, but that wouldn't have fixed the problem. So we need to look at what we've got in our hand. And, you know, we just got to use what we've got. Peter and John didn't have any cash. What were they going to do about the offering? That's what I want to (laughs) know. But they didn't have cash, but they gave the guy what they had. And all of us have been equipped in this room. We have all been equipped to use what we have for the kingdom. But like I said right at the beginning, not for us, but for others. And it's, it's wild, really, when you, when you look around. I mean, I've written a list of i know and you can yell it out to me. But think about it. We've got guys in the motor industry. That's Noel. I know that one. We've got estate agents, we've got accountants, we've got IT specialists, we've got barristers, but I think that's the coffee kind rather than the lawyer kind. We've got <laughs> we've got doctors and we've got nurses and we've got teachers and we've got carers and we've got cleaners. And do you know what? It's random. Look at us. <laughs> what a random bunch of people. And from the outside world, outside looking in, and you think, "Huh? Random." But Jesus knows that he has called us all to sit next to each other, and he has called us all for such a time as this, and he has called us all to do life together, and help each other, and run the race together. Why? For us? No, for his glory, amen. Yes. Amen. And you look, think now, I'm Welsh, I am. Well, I never realized that my husband was English until he was cheering for the white shirts, on the rugby, you know, and that's fine. We're all good, I love him to bits. But then we've got nationalities, all over the world you know Nigeria where's Nigerians yes where's the Zimbabweans that's it they're really quite they're really noisy the Zimbabweans where's the Zimbabweans I've been practicing that I love that so where's the English people where are you yes come on neighbors where's the Scottish people where are you She's counting money, just saying. Okay, where's the Irish? Any Irish in? My grand's from Ireland. Oh, there's a wave. There's a wave at the back. Where else are you from? Give me a shout. Philippines. There you go. Malaysia. Anyone? One. I knew Leon, I gotta be his friend. He cooks really good. So where else? G'day, Australia, give me a wave. Oh, there she is, it's Lynn, of course. Where else? Jamaica. Awesome. That's a good holiday destination. Anywhere else? Where? Barbados. Go on, Emerson. Where are... I'm here. T- I'm going to the Caribbean for a holiday now. Come and find me afterwards. Anywhere else? Someone else is waving. Pakistan. Come on. Woo! <laughs> woof, woof, woof. <laughs> Fiji. Can you do the hacker? Come on! Will you come and do the hacker? Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on, it'll be really good on the tape. You gonna come and do it? We wanna see it. Jenny doesn't believe you. Oh, there's a slow hand clap. No, next time, he's just going to practice and he's going to bring all his mates. There you go. But can you see what I'm saying? Jesus is building his church. We are all called together to help each other. How much fun do we have? Well, you know, together imagine doing life on your own imagine never speaking to anyone imagine nobody ever coming to help you imagine nobody ever coming to encourage you that's a really lonely place to be and the doctor's surgeries are filled all over the country with people that are lonely and that's it we've been pauline takes a a team into the old folks homes and we try and go in you know as and when we're invited and do you know what the people there are lonely and they've got great stuff. They've got great facilities. But do you know what? The human touch. How are you on your arm? How are you doing? How is your week been? I take pickles. We call him Pasta Pickles, my dog. We take him pickles to, to the old folks' home. And they love it because, I mean, let's say, you know, pickles don't mind if you're a bit crusty. he give you a lick on the nose. He's... <laughs> I wouldn't but pickles would i need to and you know what he sits and he's so good he sits on the laps of the old folk and they love him he's even a poster boy down in capel court he's a poster boy they've got him on the in the residence there's a picture of him on their walls why because somebody's showing affection and you know what church we're just called to love each other we're just called to be together to love each other and worship him amen so let me tell I can show you a picture of pickles. Let me show you some pictures. So I'm going to tell you a funny story. This is about when Jesus sent us to rescue somebody. You're going to like this. So here we are. Here's your first shot. This is my favorite place in the world. I'm not telling you where it is um, because you might go. And I like it when that beach is empty. That's seven o'clock in the morning. It's actually Constantine Bay. My dad lives in Padstow. He moved 13 years ago. Please don't ever move, Father. It's really nice there. And that's what it's like at seven in the morning, you know. So that's where we go. We were there in November and I like to go out of season because it's then quiet as well and um, that's my favorite place you can go for a walk and around the bay and all of that stuff well here's our little sunday morning companions or sat there they are look at that i know you've got to have the dogs and a preacher haven't you random but we've got to do it so over there is oscar and he is the bearded collie hector is the boxer dog and they're my dad's dogs and there's winnie obviously being the picture girl there at the front, the little black working cocker spaniel, and that's the back of pickles, pasta pickles with the ball. And there's there's one more close-up for you. Look at that. I know. It took me ages. I had treats in my hand like that. And then Winnie decided that she wasn't having any of it, and she'd rather play with the ball anyway. But there they are, my creatures. I love them to bits. They're my little friends. So anyway, Sunday, no, I don't even know what day it was. It might have been a Tuesday morning or something. Seven o'clock in the morning. We are walking on that beach. It is empty. There's Noel, myself, uh, Doris, my father's partner and and the dogs and we were walking along the beach. So this jogger kinda is running along and um Doris doesn't like joggers because the the um the dogs chase him. But anyway, so this jogger's running along and he's doing his thing and he's making a beeline for us. And we're like, Okay, just come on dogs, you know, and he's excuse me, excuse me, do you know Joe? We're like, Yeah. Joe's the lady, she's got a house on the beach, she's got a beautiful property at the edge of the beach and she's got a little um, a, a Cocker Spaniel called Lady, because we know all the dog's names down there now, because we're not tourists, we're locals now, because my dad's been there 13 years, you know, and he said, well, Joe needs help, she's in a bit of trouble, she's over there, and on that the picture there, there's some steps going up and you can walk along the headland, so, okay, we'll go, so the, the, the guy comes back with us as well, this jogger, and Jo, unfortunately, was stuck at the bottom of the steps. She's, she's in her late 80s, and she is a sprightly woman. She's absolutely brilliant, and she walks along the beach every day, and she picks up the rubbish, and you know, she's lived there all her life. But she, her knee had locked, and, and she just couldn't move. So, yeah, we can help. We can look after the dog. The dog knows us, you know? So then, Noel <laughs> says, I'll go and get my car. And I'm like, well, no, don't go across the sand because it'll probably get stuck. If you go around the headland, we'll then help Jo and we'll get up to the steps because she's a a tiny little lady. We'll get her up the steps and then you can pick it up from there. No, no, I've been on a Land Rover course. I will go and get my car. (laughs) But then, now I only found this out two days ago. It was an online course. I didn't know that. I said, please, can I tell everyone it's an online course? So... (laughs) Yes, he said. You can tell everyone. So Noel had been on an online, online Land Rover course, but he was driving a Kia at the time, so it didn't make much difference anyway. So he went, and you know, like Beyonce, I'll be there. He thankfully he didn't put his speedos on, but he, um, but off he went to get his car. The jogger went with him. Now this jogger's gone back and forth this beach now, you know. The jogger went with him, and in he comes, the big white steed coming down the beach, and it goes and it got stuck so doris and i and Joe, with all the dogs we're now at the steps looking at the stuck car on the beach don't worry i said you'll figure it out because he does he just figures stuff out no so i was like okay so we chatted a bit more so then 10 minutes later about seven guys come marching onto the beach like this right and i'm like oh what's happening now just so they then lift the car Back off the the sand to get back onto the hard sand, and lo and behold, they go around back to the headland where I said in the first place, and um, and went and got. But true, and then, but all all of the guys came as well, and they lifted Joe. One of the guys had, had some first day training, and he they, they lifted Joe up into the um into the van. And they were able to to rescue her. Meanwhile, this is still going back, and he's got meet in a meeting at half past nine. He's never going to make it. And um, he, he jogged about I don't know 15 miles that day, up and down the beach, you know. So um, so yeah. So anyway, a couple, we we just checked how Joe was. She had to go into hospital. She's due an operation soon. And um, we were the next morning able to take the dog for a walk for her, check in on her, and see how she was doing. And that was our little break. That was the holiday that we were having, and we had a great time. But we went back when we went back then in springtime went to see how she was doing and we were introduced as the people who rescued her and I thought well a little bit you know loose that one but we were able to help and Jesus sent us even though it was a bit of a failed mission to begin with we were able to get her help that she needed and off she went so there you go that's our Baywatch rescue but i just really wanted to show you pictures of the beach and the dog so you, what i'm saying is you don't need to wait till all the circumstances are right before you make a move really the car stuck on the beach not really the best of circumstances but we were able to help her hey all we need to do is be the signpost church we do not have to have any great um wisdom or experience or anything the only thing we need to do is point to jesus that's all we need to do because 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 the malay man jumped up stood on his feet and began to walk then leaping walking and praising god he went into the temple with them all they did is say in the name of jesus be healed and it says he's he was instantly healed and his ankles were strengthened over and above over and above what was asked over and above All we need to be church is the signpost we don't need to say look what I've done you've been healed no we've done nothing Jesus is the guy the baby shower Jesus is the guy the mum remembered that she'd been baptized her kids have been dedicated we're just pointing it's like the motorway signs if you know in Welsh first and then English or the other way around it does not matter the motorway sign is not the destination It's just pointing to the destination, but you need the motorway signs. You need the motorway signs to point to where you're going. Amen, and that's all we are. We're just being the signpost. So we interact with people every day, be it on the beach, be it in school, uh, be it in work, be it on the street. All we're doing is just pointing to Jesus. That's all we're doing, and we just need to take that opportunity. So where's my musicians? Come on up, guys. Take the opportunity, look at this. In verse 12, it says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk of our own power or godliness? For is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. And you know, Pastor Dave, he's ministered this over the last couple of months. Do we see people as an inconvenience or do we see people as an invitation? It's quite big. I mean, even to the fact on Friday I was nipped into Asda and I picked up all the milk for Sunday. It's not two pints. It's a fair amount of milk that you're buying. And I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was on my way to work. And the lady said to me, she said, Oh, you're having a party, are you? I'm like, oh, no, it's for work where do you work? I'm like, oh, in a church. (laughs) That's what I said to her. But then, do you know what? Bing, invitation. Uh, Sorry, irritation or invitation. There's my opportunity. I said, yeah, do you know what? I work in King's Church. And every couple of months, we do something called Papa's Kitchen. And we have all of these people. There's 150 for Sunday lunch. Whoa, she said, well, where's your church? And then I started to talk to her. And she said, oh, I used to go to church and I'm like, okay, Jesus. And it just made me stop because I was late. I was coming into the office. So I chatted with her and I gave her the details and I gave her the email address and I gave her the website and I gave her my phone number as well. and said, you know what? You may not be able to get to church on a Sunday because you work. But come to girls connect all the girls get together we have a fab time and i was able to go through my phone show a photographs of african connect and and all of the stuff so we don't know church sometimes jesus just stops you in your day as simple as going to get the milk for a sunday morning and he says talk to that person there because you don't know he says one sows and waters and god brings the increase so somebody had sown a seed into this woman years ago, and all I was doing is just getting a little bit of watering can and just saying, signpost, Jesus, there he is, just remember. Do you know what, guys? It makes me cry when the spirit of Pastor Dave is upon me, but you guys are so precious you're so precious in his eyes he loves you so much and every day as you wake up he looks at you and says what are we going to do together today who are we going to chat to today who are we going to tell people about jesus today who are you going to tell people about me today who are you going to meet he already knows we don't know i didn't know the lady in asda had been to church and she was searching i don't know anything I didn't know the young girl that, you know, was having a baby on her own. Didn't know her. But Jesus uses us as a signpost. Gee, all Jesus does, he uses us to point to people. And that's all we need to do, church. And today, you may not know Jesus, but here I am as a signpost. When I first came to church, I cried for seven weeks in a row. And then I think it was six weeks in a row I cried. And then on the seventh week, he was Pastor Ray ministering. He just ministered my life. And I remember looking at Noel, I gotta go. And I gave my life to Jesus. Is it been hard, yeah? Are there really tough times, yeah? Is this week been horrific, yeah? But you know what? I'd rather be in the boat with him than trying to swim on my own. Amen. So let's all close our eyes this morning. And let's just take a minute. If you don't know Jesus, I'd like to be that signpost for you saying, hey, Jesus, straight ahead, because he loves you so much. So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, I'm just going to pray a quick prayer. And that's all he is, is a prayer away. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior today. I thank you, Lord, that all along, from before I was born, you knew me and you're now calling me home. I thank you, Lord, that I'm looking at the signposts, Lord, that are pointing to you. And today I choose the direction in which I go, and that's towards you. Thank you for coming into my life. Amen. And if that's you, whilst eyes are closed, heads are bowed, can you just lift your hand? The stewards will see you. And they've got something to give you. So after three, if that's you, one, two, three, just lift up your hand and we'll see you. thank you jesus and then one more prayer jesus thank you for your precious people thank you lord that you will help us to meet people where they're at thank you lord that we don't have to have buildings or facilities to be you in our community jesus thank you lord that you have placed us in our homes in our families in our workplaces in our schools and colleges just to point to you jesus And thank you, Lord, that you will remind us that every opportunity, Lord, that comes our way, Father, that we will, number one, trust you, Lord, and we'll point people to you, Father. And Lord, we know, we know, Lord, that you will give us everything we need to lead people to you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen.